Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Felton, yes. Raymond Felton right back. Seconds. Felton for What's up and welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. My name is Sam Dracula. With me is Raymond Felton. Raymond, how are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, it's We're recording, what is it? Today's Thursday, night after the Hornets played the uh, the Bulls on the road. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But it's, you know, it's a, it's not a chilly day in Charlotte, which is always nice, kind of, you know, uh, not too cold, not too bad. Um, but you know, the Hornets right now, the injuries tough, really tough. We're going to talk about the Hornets injuries. <laughs> Gordon Hayward added to the list. Um, Hornets are three and five ups and downs in this early NBA season. We're going to get to get into all of that in this episode. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. The NBA season is going strong and bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this year. You always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports and events, whether that's the NFL, basketball, NHL, MMA, tennis boxing golf world series whatever head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe b l e a v believe to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts all right so raymond hornets have been without Lamelo ball all season so far we've seen Terry Rozier for two games. Mm-hmm. Cody Martin has played one minute. And now Gordon Hayward is on the injury report. He didn't play in the second half in the Chicago game last night. Uh, left shoulder soreness. I'm going to read you this quote from Steve Clifford. He said, um, this was in the Observer in Rod Boone's article. So credit to them. He says, uh, if we have Mello, Terry, or Gordon, we can win. But you can't play without all of them. And those, got, those are the guys we play through, so it makes it hard. I'm not saying we can't win a game, but it's going to be hard. Like, genuinely, the three best players on the team are, are on the shelf at the moment. Yeah, Hayward's injury doesn't seem that severe. Right. What, what are your thoughts on this, this current Hornets injury situation? It's tough. You know, everybody understands that, you know, if you have certain injuries that can – dictature season so with that being said i mean you got your top three guys out you know what i'm saying like what are you supposed to do with that as a coach you're going into a season with your top three guys your top three playmakers your top three scores you know just your top three just everything so what do you do with that so i understand what coach still being optimistic saying that we can win games but it's gonna be extremely hard to win in this league without your three best, you know, not one of them, that's tough. Any coach, I don't care who you are, I don't care what system you have in place, without your three best players, you still going to struggle, you know. 
And they're going to probably be in games because they still got a very talented team. They got some young guys that's going to be optimistic and, and ready to play and looking for that moment for themselves. And, you know, who knows? They might go out there and, and get a win, you know, and that would be a plus. That would be great. But let's be honest here. Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, Lamelo Ball. You look at that and say they're going to win tonight, there's no way. There's no way. You, I mean, you just you that's that's just what it would be, you know what I'm saying? But hopefully that's how somebody come in there thinking that all oh, these three guys are out, we got to for sure win and take those guys lightly, and they go ahead and you know and bust them up and give them a good win. So let's 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 hope that happens for them. Yeah, like the 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 lower rotation guys getting extended run, like that can only work for so long, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen this team um, rally without Lamelo and Terry, right? Um, and some big wins during the season, but you can that can only last for so long. And at some point, the bottom's gonna fall out. And then losing Hayward for we'll see how long. I don't want like Hayward's. It's a, it's a, it's not a rip. It's not a tear. It's not a strain. Like it's not that serious. Uh, Hornets play tomorrow night. We'll see what the status is for that. Um, and then also with Terry and Cody, those guys have been going from questionable to out pretty much every game so far. So it seems like they're kind of nearing uh, a return. Lamelo has always been a definitive out on the injury report since the season started. So I feel like my gut feeling says Terry and Cody will come back before LaMelo because they're, they seem like inching closer. These guys are um, traveling with the team. There's this, this, they're practicing, they're not practicing, excuse me. Uh, they're getting involved in, in shooting around and things like that. So they're still like around, but even when they do come back, there's still going to be a, uh, like an integration process, right? Cause LaMelo hasn't played with this team. Like, we don't know what this team looks like. Nobody knows what this team, like, really looks like when it's fully healthy. We haven't seen it yet. And mm-hmm. let alone the players from a chemistry point of view. Like, I'm no doubt Lamelo can get this team, can get meshed in with this team. But what, when, we'll talk about it when it happens, but, like, is it fair to expect some type of kind of, like, feeling out, period, when the team does get fully healthy again? Yeah, of course. I mean, you got to understand, they've been playing with Terry at the point, Dennis Smith at the point. Lamelo is, you know, a totally different player than both of those guys, you know. And with that being said, you know, now you got to move Terry back over to being a scorer and a playmaker instead of being a playmaker first, then a scorer. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just, I don't know, when you got rules that keep switching around, you know, it's just have to get guys back comfortable and just, I mean, but guys like Terry, don't, you know, they – understand this league. They're not young. They're not rookies. You know, they're guys that have been in the league, played at a high level, played on good teams, you know, played in the postseason. So I expect guys like him, Gordon Hayward, those guys to really be able to, you know, figure things out quickly. You know what I'm saying? LaMelo, of course, he's still young. Everybody understand how good he is and how great he can be, but he still has a lot to learn. Still has a lot of basketball to play. And um, I think he'll he'll have a problem gelling back with guys at first more than the others because, you know, they've played this game a lot longer. You know, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, um, but hopefully, like you say, you know, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't take too long. And we, they can't afford for it to take too long because this league is so good. As you can see, it's a lot of teams that people thinking is an easy win and, you know, you can get beat. You know, you play in the Detroit, so, been struggling for for some years, and you know they they will beat you if you if you go in there the wrong way or mm-hmm. take them lightly even on the road. You know what I'm saying? So 
you have to really you have to really be ready to play, and you have to be conscious of that when you play Charlotte too. Now, just because they got three guys out, they still got some talent in your guys over there, so you better be careful. Yeah, and I think uh, Jalen McDaniels, I think for me, will be the guy to watch out for. This guy's been shooting the lights out. Um, not so much last night, a bit of an off night for him, but fifty <laughs> percent from three so far this year from him on three and a half attempts. Uh, so him getting more minutes. Hopefully getting more shots uh, could be a blessing. You know, him seeing what he's like capable of in a bigger role. Um, I imagine he'll be in the starting lineup if Hayward isn't isn't around him and Oubre, or Jalen and Oubre specifically, um, getting extended run with the, with the starting group. I assume we'll see what happens tomorrow. But Jalen McDaniels, if, if there's a, like a winner, quote unquote, in the scenario, I think it could be Jalen McDaniels with uh, Hayward missing time. Because I think he's been really good defensively too. And, and Jalen um, is one of the one of those guys who's um, – a product of the developmental system here, um, which we'll talk about later with Mark Williams and Bryce McGowan's getting sent to the uh, the Greensboro Swarm. Um, it's a it's a process. These guys need run, and it just takes time, and it's working out for the guys who stick with it, who buy into it. So McDaniel's is someone to look out for. I mean, for a while there, he's leading the league in three point shooting. I think it was like sixty or something, sixty percent. I think going into last night, and now he's just down to fifty, which is still pretty good. So. We'll see what it looks like with the with more exposure. I'm excited to see him um, get some extra run. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully we get these uh, these guys back on the court sooner rather than later. Um, Hornets are officially three and five, twelfth place in the Eastern Conference. Seventy four games left in the season. I just want to emphasize that it's a long season ahead of us. So when you look at like how the 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 league is shaping up with the Jazz being six and three, right? Mm-hmm. So the Spurs five and three, or even the Bucks is seven and zero, oh, like. A lot can change in a short amount of time. I think Jimmy Butler even said like the other day that um, well the, the well the Heat are what they're four and five right now. I think they were like two and four or something like that, or two and five. Whenever he said this, like they still mm-hmm. he's like we can still win the title. Like it's not it's not over. You know, even though you start off poorly, or if you start start off well, things can go in any direction with uh, how long the season is. So be patient, everybody. Be patient. We'll see what happens with the squad. <laughs> but yeah. Off last night, Hornets played the Bulls. The Bulls are coming off a back-to-back against the Nets, where Zach Levine went off um, against that Nets team. I was a little worried. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Zach Levine heating up against, uh, against uh, Charlotte. And I wonder if there was a bit of a hangover for that team, for the Bulls, because that game, like the, the, the Bulls-Hornets game last night wasn't good. Like, there was, was some sloppy basketball. Neither team was shooting particularly well. Um, and the Bulls just flipped the switch in the third quarter and just, you know, just took over from that point on. But... Um, yeah, and the Hornets have – I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm just going to ask you straight up because the Hornets have been struggling to defend the paint, like mm-hmm. among the worst in the league. Um, and then the, the flip side of it is the three-point shooting. Defending the three-point shot has been one of the better um, – the, the Hornets have been one of the better teams with that. Not so much last night because, like, Javante Green just went off out of nowhere. Like, that, he shoots, like, 20% from, from three. And he, I think he had, like, three or four last night. So, this is one of those games. But is 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 that a, a deceiving stat when you have, like, the – because if, if I'm looking at the scouting report, like, all right, this team is along a lot of points in the paint. So, we should, so that tells me we should get into the paint versus settling for jumpers. Like, yes, the perimeter defense statistically has been good. But – that's because you can get into the paint really easily. Mm-hmm. I have to say. So you asking me why 
Yeah. So it's like, it, it's, it's, um, just looking at the numbers, right. And it's, it, I want to give the team credit for defending the three point line. Right. 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 But, but are they, but the or are time. they more of getting into the paint more because you can't, it's a, it's a, it's a better, it's a better shot. Like it's a higher percentage, um, opportunity given what other opponents have done to them. Cause like, oh, one's going to kill on second chance points as well. Um, Okay, so that was gonna make my point. That's yeah. what I needed to hear. So my point on that is, if you're looking at a team that can defend the three, but basically they have no shot blockers. So obviously you're gonna get in the paint, try to get layups, you're gonna get floaters, you'll get offensive rebounds. So, hey, you gotta throw young fella in there. I love Plumlee, mm-hmm. great player, been in the league for a while, understands the game. But sometimes you gotta put them young boys out there because to me, though, both of them are both. You know, Richards and, you know, Williams are two better shot blockers. You got to see, you got to go with your young boys and see what they can do. No offense to Plumlee. Plumlee's been there for a while. And, you know, if you got something that's down, you got to try something new. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just what it is. You can't lose with it. You know, it's not like he's coming out scoring like a, like a Yoke, like a Jokic or a Vucevic or a Joel Embiid. Like he's not a big that's going to give you those type of numbers. He's a big that's going to be solid. He's going to set screens. He's going to roll hard. He's going to rebound. He's going to do his best to defend. But he, let's be honest, he's not the best defender. So with that being said, you're going, you're going to have to give uh, Richards and uh, Williams a chance to to better that, that particular stat, you know, to paint, you know, because mm-hmm. Mark Williams is a great shot blocker. He was in college. I'm pretty sure, you know, if he with enough playing time, he could be that as well in the NBA. I mean, Nick Richards, you know, just how athletic he is and how tall and long he is, I'm pretty sure he could protect he could protect the paint a little bit better. So, um, I don't know. Like as a coach, you know, I, I, that's what I would do. You know, but they got a great coach over there. Maybe he's it's a process, like you said. You know, those those young guys. You know, they up under their you know the Charlotte's program. And it, and it comes with time, but um, sometimes you have to throw these young guys in the fire. That's why you draft them so high. Once you draft them that high, they got to be prepared to, you know, be put out there and put in situations. So, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I would actually try to see, you know, does that does that particular stat gets better? Because if that particular stat gets better, as, as you are playing better defense, protecting the three in the perimeter, then if you're able to protect the paint, then you go from, you know, a, a decent defensive team to actually a pretty good defensive team. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that helps as well to win games. And it helps when you got a lot of guys out as well, too. So, yep. I don't know. So, that's, that's something to look at as some of these guys are out to see if they actually give the young fella some minutes. Yeah, because, you know, to, to the Hornets' credit, they are seventh in the league in blocks per game. But they are. They are. But as far as the points in the paint goes, they're they were going into two games ago. They were the thirtieth. Now they're twenty fourth in the in the league. So there's improvement there. It's a four point swing. Utah is the worst at opponents points in the paint. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 like the Hornets in, the the Hornets numbers is so strange, man. Like <laughs> this year, like they're on on at, like, I think that's I think honestly that's how you become an average defensive team, which. For the Hornets at this point in their in their like in their timeline is okay. Like mm-hmm. it, while you're trying to like shore up both sides of the ball, 
Um, the Hornets overall are, are 13th ranked of defense. And so you're going to have like these, these stats that are really good and these stats that are pretty bad. That's how you end up pretty average, right? Because even like they're the best at defending fast breaks, right? Nine point, they're giving up nine fast break, nine fast break points per game, right? Mm-hmm. This team is hustling. That the, the effort is there. Um, it's just for whatever reason, I think it's a second chance points, if I'm honest with you, because like they're they're pretty they're pretty low on the list. Um, because this team will work hard to get one stop, but we see a lot of tip ins, things like that, like um opposing team getting a lot of easy buckets off misses, especially. Um, so to your point with uh, Mark Williams, let's talk about that now, actually, because um the center spot, Nick Richards is having a really good year off the bench. Um, I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to see what he does. If he can crack into the starting five, what he does with that opportunity. Uh, Plumlee has been doing like pulling off some wild highlights in the last like couple of games. Just out of nowhere, just putting the ball on the floor, making stuff happen. Um, in 2K terms, he's he's spamming the right stick out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> not mad at it, not mad at it at all. But Mark Williams assigned to the G League Swarm, uh, the Greensboro Swarm. Um, not not surprisingly, he's not playing uh, outside of garbage time and. He needs to practice regularly. Needs to play regularly. So, while he's there, I, I, I assume he's. I, I can. I think it's safe to assume he'll be traveling a lot between Charlotte and Greensboro until there's a roster change, or if there's un, like it's going to take a roster change. I think for with involving Plumlee. Plumlee's thirty two, I think thirty three, something like that, and a contract year. He's not the future of the team. Mark Williams is. They're, they're the Hornets have William Mark's best interests in mind, but. Like you, like I want to see Williams play. Like he's a 15th pick in the draft. Like I want to see, I want to see what we got here. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's for whatever reason, it's gonna it's gonna take some time for him to get in the mix. Well, I think taking putting him taking him down to the to the G League is going to be good for him just to get reps. You know, to not just be sitting there and not playing and just practicing because sometimes you can't get a lot out of practice in in situations you got to be in game like you know play. Um, so, um. I guess go down there for a little bit, get some reps, depending on how the season go. Um, if this guy's gonna be your future and with Plumlee having a contract year, uh, you know, I guess, you know, they're trying to do right by him as well to play him and give him the opportunity to, you know, further his career as far as playing, get him a new contract. So I I respect that. The Hornets doing that. But at the same time, at some point you have to as a team, you have to think about your future too. So um, we we for sure would definitely see some of Williams, maybe not that soon, but soon. <laughs> yeah, it's time will come. Soon. It's time will come. Yeah, yeah soon. Um, and so going back to last Friday, that was really like the first. Uh, so Hornets versus Orlando, Orlando one thirteen, Charlotte ninety three. Um, this game. So if you don't know, I do I do live streams during Hornets games. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of talk about them with the live chat as it's happening. And up until that point, it's been great. Like even in losses, the team was making good decisions out there. They're playing good basketball. This Orlando game was the first time I I wasn't having fun watching the Hornets play up up until that point in the season. Um, partly because Orlando just was bringing it. Like Paolo Bancaro is a is an animal. Like I can I can believe what I've seen out there. He just ran over Plumlee at one point, like he was a fullback. I was like, "What's going on?" Um, and the Hornets just weren't weren't there, and it just had thought going in. I was like, "All right, is this, is this a trap game?" Orlando was winless at that point. The next night, they played. Uh, the Hornets were hosting the Golden State Warriors here in Charlotte, um, and 
I just want to chalk it up to it being a trap game because against Golden State, a completely different scenario. Like guys like uh, PJ and Gordon Hayward, in that full game, they they matched their output in the first half of the Magic game. Like I think uh, Hayward had 11 shots in the entirety of the Magic game. And in the first half against the Warriors, he had 11 shots. Like the up the intensity, PJ Washington was bringing it in a different way we hadn't seen up until that point. So uh, can you talk to me about like that mentality as a player? Like when you have like a trap game, so to speak, when you know you have a big game the next night um, mm-hmm. on a travel day. So Orlando one night and then Charlotte the next night. It's tough sometimes because you, you you do, you know, guys are guilty. And so I have myself um, uh, looking forward past somebody else, you know, because you got a big, big game coming up. You know, you got LeBron James and, you know, the Miami Heat coming in, you know, you got, you know, whoever, you know, back in my time, it was, you know, the Boston Celtics team, you know, the, you know, Detroit Pistons when they was tough, you know, you, you, you look ahead and it's like, we can't look ahead for real. Cause you know, we, we, ain't, we wasn't that great of a team, you know, especially when I first came in, you know, we was a young expansion team, the Bobcats and, you know, we played hard, but you know, we was, you know, we wasn't, you know, we wasn't that good in at that moment, especially when I first came in. Uh, we was very talented, but, you know, we was just hard for us to win games, put like that. We'd be in games, but it was hard. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, you, you're not supposed to look ahead of games when you're playing a, a big name or a big, big time team. Cause the team before you can just blow you out like 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 it ain't nothing. Then you're like, oh shit, now we got to play these guys. We just got blew out, you know. So mm-hmm. like, you don't want to do that, and that and that can happen. That can happen. You can look ahead, and then all of a sudden, the team that you expect to beat or you expect to win beats you by 25 points, and you're like, yo, we really just got blew up by these dudes, and now we finna turn around on the back to back, and we got to play these guys. We got to play Golden State. With Steph Curry running around everywhere, Draymond Green, you know, just running the ball, passing, being physical on defense. Jordan Poole with his with his with his shots. Clay Thompson with his shots. You know, Andrew Wiggins, you know, with his with his just like all of a sudden you just like dang. But somehow, some way though, you always step up for those type games. It's almost like those type games are like robbery, big time rivalry games in college basketball or yeah. college football, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like you get up for those games no matter the situation. So that's my that's my take on that. <laughs> and so yeah, the Hornets, Hornets bounced back uh really well, uh beating Golden State at home and then getting the first overtime win um of the season. You know, they lost to the Knicks in OT, went winless in overtime last year. So getting, just getting that overtime, you know, monkey off your back was also nice to see mm-hmm. by, by the squad. One one thing though, um, was the first time we've seen this this year, really. Uh, I don't remember seeing it much last year, but Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors broke out hack of Plumley in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, Hornets were up five, like six minutes left. Plumley comes in, giving uh, Nick Richards a breather um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think the Hornets got one open play and then the next possession Plumlee got put to the line and he went one for two, one for two, oh for two, went from a five point game to three point game, you know, Warriors, you know, making a pay on the other end off the misses. And then Plumlee sat out. Um, I don't think he played. I don't think he touched the floor 
the rest of the rest of the game or into over, overtime. Jim McDaniels got um got the run at the small. But I was hoping to see Nick Richards in a scenario, but the Hornets went small to kind of match the Warriors. Kind of got paid the price for it a little bit on defense with like Draymond Green on the on mm-hmm. backdoor cuts. But offensively, it seemed to be the right move. Um, uh, Dennis Smith hitting a game tying layup and Hornets getting it done in overtime. So, what, what do you think of? Have you been on a squad where they've broken out like the hack a shack or hack a whoever? Um, have you have you had any teammates that were getting targeted like that, or been on the other side where you had a we're trying to get a guy on the line in late game situations? I'm trying to think. I played with DeAndre Jordan. And I know they used, to, they used to do that to him sometimes in games. I'm trying to think, did they do that to him when I played with him down in L.A.? Uh, maybe so. Maybe with DJ. Mm-hmm. Might have been the only player that I kind of experienced that with. And it's crazy because it kind of it, – it really throws you off. It throws your rhythm off when they just follow for no reason to put a guy at the free throw line to really break your rhythm. That's what they're trying to do, and it and it does. You know what I'm saying? So luckily, you know, Charlotte, those guys kept it together and was able still to wheel, wheel that win through. It was a big win. Uh Steph Curry after the game said he, it was said he was kind of guilty of trying to play too much hero ball, being back in Charlotte and being Steph Curry. Like taking some shots, he probably shouldn't have, uh, self-admittedly. But big win for the Hornets. And the Warriors lost to the Pistons, I think, the next night. So I'll yeah, have, and, then, and, and then to Miami the next night. Yeah, so not a great road trip. For, uh, for Ooh, that. <laughs> and they got another tough one tonight because Orlando, I like I tell you, Orlando ain't nobody to sleep on. I like the roster a lot. I like Orlando's roster a lot. I like Once they they get healthy start, again. I like they start a lineup. Yeah. Think about their lineup right now. Terrence Ross, six seven. Oh, uh, what's his guy? Um also Frank. Oh, Wagner. Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. Um Wagner. Yeah. How tall is he? Six nine. Yeah, six nine, six right? ten, something like that. Yeah. Okay, sixteen. I'm gonna say ten. I'm gonna give him the highest six ten. Yeah, Van Van Caro. Yeah, six ten. Yep. And he, Bobo. He's nineteen Bobo. years old. Van yeah. Caro's massive. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Bobo. Bobo, man. Seven yeah. one. That's what he's starting right now. Yep. Wendell Carter. How tall is he? Six ten, six eleven. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Think about that lineup. They point guard, or I don't even think he plays the point. Yeah, Ben Carroll's like throwing lobs to Bull Bull. Like that's not fair. Like, man, listen, to, man, it is, they are they are big. The only thing that might hurt them versus Golden State can they defend the three? Yeah, can they defend the three point line with those tall guys like that? They are athletic though. They are long. Mm-hmm. Won't be too many points in the paint. But Golden State, believe it or not, they shoot a lot of points in the paint because of how well they shoot the three. So this 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 game will be interesting, but also I want to see this game because Golden State has lost three games in a row. I haven't seen them do that in a very long time. Yeah, they lost three games in a row, so it'd be interesting to see. They really need this win. It might I don't know if it's their last road game going before they go back home or not, but they really got to have this win for them, you know, just to get get off this this losing streak. Yeah. But also, you're going into a a, a game that. These young boys play hard and they play good, man. So, <laughs> you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. I, I, I'll be tuned into that tonight for sure. Yeah, no, no, that that's a good one. That's a good matchup too. I like that. <laughs> um, so the the last game I want to talk about is uh, against Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, Hornets lose. The Hornets up 15 points going into the second half. Uh, that was a weird one too because De'Aaron Fox uh, left the game. Uh, I think with a knee injury. 
Um, and uh, Kevin Herter, big acquisition for the Kings in the offseason. Davion Mitchell, he's I, I love him, man. Like we knew what he could do defensively going into coming into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mitchell and Herter linked up to go 10 of 16 from three in that game. Mitchell has this crazy like rainbow jumper on him. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like him a lot. I don't watch a lot of the Kings, admittedly. You know, only really when the Hornets play them because of the time mm-hmm. difference, whatever. But Mitchell always looks nice every time I've seen him play. Uh, what do you, what do you think of him and his uh, his feature in the league? Because I I think you know he's a bit undersized, but I think Mitchell's really tough, and he has one of the best yeah. nicknames in sports, Off Night. Like that's Off nice. Night. Well, the Jalen Brunson said uh, he's the hardest guy, um, or he's the toughest uh, defender he went up against. Uh, so like. Mitchell's earning a rep for himself, and I like, I like plays, his future. Mitchell is going to play a long time in his league because he plays defense. He picks you up 94 feet, something that you don't see no more. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's legit. It ain't it ain't no pick you up 94 feet and I'm following you and yeah. grabbing at you. I'm getting in foul trouble. Like, he's actually playing defense on you. Like, he makes it hard for you. Like, he's not going to make it easy. You might score on him because, you know, that's just how this league goes. You know, people can score. That's why they call call them NBA players. You know, they're gonna put the ball in the basket. But when you after you play against him, you're gonna be like, hey man, I, I don't wanna play this guy no more. <laughs> glad we ain't got them back on the schedule. Or man, I'm glad we only got them one more time, especially for the guys that's on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? But you know, to me, I think his his biggest, you know, step that I've seen that he's gotten better offensively. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's a plus. Like he was obviously he was very dominant, very good in college. You know, big reason why they won that championship. But then you come into the league, you know, a lot, a lot of guys tend to struggle, and he did partially at first, but then he caught on very fast, and it just shows testament of how 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 good he is and his hard work because he's a he's a gym rat for what I hear, and um you know just his his desire to just be good, his desire, his desire, his love of the game. That's what I see when I look in his eyes. He has a passion and a desire to play basketball. And that's an art that's missing so much in this game. A lot of people play it just for what is what what it what it brings and what it's for. But it's hard to see that that hard that desire and passion in guys' eyes. And he's one of those guys that have it. And I love it. I love it. Big fan, a young fella, man. Big fan. Yeah. Like he, he's he's really fun to watch. Really fun to watch. Um Two other things quickly from that game. Uh, Malik Monk returning to Charlotte. Uh, always still weird. Still very weird seeing him in a different jersey. But I think Sacramento is a good place for him. Um, yeah. And uh, P.J. Washington in that game. I don't have a stat line in front of me. But just anecdotally, um, Ashley Shamidi, the sideline reporter for the, Horn- for the Hornets and Valley Sports, was, was listening into the huddle, hearing what Steve Clifford was telling P.J. And Steve Clifford was, was bigging P.J. up, like gassing him up, saying, no, no one, no one on this team can stop you. Like, get after it. And we saw repeated uh, drives from PJ. Like, he really upped the aggression levels from the Orlando game into the Warriors game, and then continuing it into the Sacramento game, which I like to see. Like, PJ has been playing very well since that Orlando game. So I love to see, it and I love to hear that Clifford's really backing PJ because, again, PJ in a contract year, betting on himself, uh, going into restricted free agency. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of PJ getting this uh, mm-hmm. extended run here, and he could be. One of the, like performance wise, one of the big winners of this in this injury situation because when yeah, everyone's yeah. back, he's not going to be the number one option. You know what I mean? So no, but he he's going to be now. 
Yep. Right. Especially for this next game. And however long these guys are going to continue to be out. So you're that number one guy now. So now it's time to show that you can be your number one guy. You can be a go-to guy. And coaches already giving you that confidence, you know, even with those guys, some of those guys being there. So now that none of them is there, now what you going to do, young fella? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and then also just, you know, depending on how long Hayward's out, um, could be an opportunity for McGowan's to get some some run too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if they call him back up uh, from the G League. But I'm, I'm a big PJ believer. And I believe now with, with the injuries we have, he's the longest active tenured player right now um like he, since he's only he's been on the on the roster since when he was drafted in 2019 you know mm -hmm. what i mean so he's that's how young the team is but <laughs> he's like the least event <laughs> on the team at this point <laughs> so, um that's we'll see funny. so we'll see man the hornets take on the grizzlies tomorrow um which grizzlies have been struggling defensively especially without jaron jackson so maybe the hornets can take advantage of that uh, John Morant is still John Morant, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, before we look ahead too far, um, actually, no, so yeah, I want to get your thoughts on Steve Nash before we close, but just want to finish up with the schedule. So they got Hornets have the, the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow night. Then I don't know if this is a, the way the Nets are playing. The Nets are a big, like a big franchise, but I don't know if you want to say they're on the, is it a trap game? I don't know. Memphis is probably more of a, a a bigger test for the for the Hornets compared to how the Nets are playing right now. But we got the Hornets have the Met, uh, Grizzlies tomorrow night, and then the Nets Saturday night. It's not quite Magic Warriors like we saw last weekend. You know what I mean? But it's another back to back um, away yeah. and home, just like we saw last weekend. What do you is like? How do you how do you what do you, what are your thoughts on this on these those two games on a back to back? You're playing against a a, a very tough. Memphis Grizz Grizzlies team. That's um that's good. They're a little injured right now too, but they still still a really good team. Um, and then you turn around and play against uh one of the best scorers that we've seen play in this game. Him alone can 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 win a game by himself. So you know you still got to be ready to play, especially with all these injuries that we have. You know, so you gotta. <laughs> You got two tough games coming up. I they need one of these, no trap games. You know, don't look forward, don't look past either one of these guys. So you gotta be ready to play. Gotta be ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's I'm excited. Like I'm I'm looking forward to it. I like watching <laughs> Memphis play typically. Mm -hmm. Um and then on Monday they have the Wizards uh here in Charlotte. So we'll see how that goes. But just with the with the Nets, um Steve Nash first coach fired, um technically, I guess, because Adoka mm -hmm. was only suspended. What do you what are your thoughts on the Nets moving on from Steve Nash? I guess it was mutual. A mutual termination was like official term. But yeah, what, do you, what are your yeah. thoughts on the change? It had to happen. You know, they just didn't have no desire to play for Steve. You know, Steve was a great guy, no one personally. Um, but they didn't have no desire to really play for him no more. You could just see it, you know. Yeah, Katie and Kyrie was out there getting 30. But it just seemed like nobody else had no energy outside of that. Even those guys, you know, they was just scoring 30 and just basically walking off the court with no energy, no no expression. And it was just like, all right, I'm just going to work today. Whatever happens, happens. You know, it was like that mentality, that that attitude. And um, you know, when once you once your players are doing that, you know, you you gotta you either gotta make some changes to bring some fresh guys in there. 
to uh, see if they would play for this guy, for your coach, if you want to keep him, or you got to make a coach change. And sometimes that's a tough decision because you might want to keep this coach. But if you're looking at your players and they're not playing for him, you know, you just do what happens, have a mutual understanding. And I'm pretty sure Steve being a high-level basketball player, Hall of Famer, you know, he he can see that himself and understand that and just say, that's why I was mutual. Like, yes, I understand. These guys don't want to play for me anymore. So, you know, I think it's time for me to walk away from this. So it's unfortunate, you know, but at the same time, that's the part of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. The Hornets, but Jacques Vaughn's the interim coach for now. Um. Mm-hmm. So I, I doubt, I don't know if they'll, like, Emmanuel Doka is the rumored that's replacement. That's what I was about to say. If you, hear that rumor, if you hear that rumor, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it happens uh, before with this podcast ends. Like if it's gonna happen any minute now. So yeah, so, yeah, because at the end of the day, like he's suspended over there. They don't. They have no plans to bring him back. You know, yeah. let's be real. Let's be real here. He's not going back there. So they trying to figure out what head coach they gonna bring, or if they gonna keep the guy that's there now, and then Brooklyn. You know, wait. Regardless of Ime Adoka's situation, he's still a great coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why the Brooklyn Nets is trying to get him over there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we'll see what happens. But my opinion, he's going to be the next coach over here in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> and so we'll see. Just it's a matter of when. And mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll find out on Saturday um, who will be the coach against the Hornets. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Right. Um, right. But, yeah, man, I think I think that's everything. For this week um if anyone is interested in uh you know the uh victor Wembanyama, is his games are going to be available on the nba.com app or nba app which is really cool um like it's the next level like we've seen high school players on espn but nba being like yo this is the guy <laughs> this is the guy and you can watch him overseas play and it's actually really like doable because it's, it's a favorable time difference. You can like spend your late mornings or early afternoons watching this dude play in France. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty cool. Um, so anyone like on the tanking watch, you can get your entertainment there if you want to um, <laughs> hope for the best, but Hey, Hornets long way to go. Long season to go. Anything can happen. League is crazy right now. The standings look are pretty messy and we'll mm-hmm. it'll eventually settle and we'll get to see who's uh, going to really be a contender or not. But <laughs> I appreciate you, Raymond joining me as always thank you so much out there for listening uh you've been listening to the believe in hornets podcast on the believe podcast network presented by bet online we'll see you next week peace thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.